here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, we made it through the NFL season. We are in the playoffs, baby. How you feeling? Man, it's great. I got to rock the birds, man. They they got the job done, even with uh, none of their roster even playing in the final week. So that's pretty impressive. I think that they out they definitely played above expectations this year. So I'm just glad that they made it to the dance. Not expecting much out of them, but still happy nonetheless. But man, what about Week 18 though? How profitable how profitable it was for both of us. Mainly yeah. you though. I can't even I can't even put my stack against yours, but uh, it was still a profitable week, man. It was awesome. Yeah, we uh, our little group finished tied second with uh, four other teams. So uh, five-way tie for second and third place. Took him a nice 15 grand check. Split amongst five of us. So we'll see. Uh, I got to drive my ass out to Vegas and go pick up that cash, though. That's going to be a fun Coming trip. to collect. Just make sure you actually make it back to L.A. with it. Shout out to the guys from Circus Sports who uh, gave me a call today. Do you want the money in cash or check? Uh, yeah, I'll take the straight cash, <laughs> homie. Send me that cash, good. homie. <laughs> So that, that was a that was a really fun phone call, fun week, great sweat week eighteen. Uh, Chargers not getting it done was a little disappointing, but oh. the the most fun degenerate as I texted you because you we were hyped about everything going on in week eighteen. <laughs> I was lit by the time we got to, to Sunday night football. I was watching it like this, really excited about what was going on, but was having a blast. Uh, what a game! I really wish we would have ended in a tie. Yeah, I mean, it was so close, man. Like, we were talking about it. We were joking about it. And then it actually could have happened if, if Brandon Staley just trusted the process. But, you know, he had to call the timeout. He got shook. It's like, all right, well, I guess this isn't going to end in a tie. But it would have been interesting to see Daniel Carson at least try from 56. And then if he missed it, I think we all would have gotten what we all really wanted. But it was still fun nonetheless. It was a great game. The Chargers come back. I mean, that 19-play drive in like a minute 40 was insane. Herbert... That's your boy, man. And he just proved it. Like, even though we're not going to see him in the playoffs, I felt like that already solidified him as that, yo, th this guy is a real, he is the real deal. Like, there's no other, there's no questions about never, it. Never, never count out the Chargers when he's back there slinging it. Uh, I'm excited to see where the Chargers go next year. Maybe Staley backs off a little bit from, like, I'm, I'm a full analytics guy. <laughs> right. I'm all, I'm all in on it. I think he made a lot of good decisions this year. I think he's getting yeah. killed for unnecessary reasons. But maybe we need to back off just a hair. There is something to being maybe a little old school football will help you out. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, wild card weekend. We have quite a few champions round stuff going on. So let me lay it out for you. We have a snake draft feature right now. You can go and join a league with six of your friends, 12 of your friends, whatever you got going on. Do a snake draft. You get five players, super flex. All you have to do is set your lineup once goes through the rest of the year. You can boost a player. Uh, it's a great uh, little program we have going on there. And then our boost ball product is back. We also have four seven stakes contests this week. Uh, we are giving away like the most amount of giveaways possible. All right. There's a seven stakes for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I feel like reading them off to you. And then we have two more giveaways on top of that. Uh, Cause we're crazy. So Saturday, we have a Bills mystery box, a Patriots mystery box. That's like that's like the entry Ooh. level. That's like the let's see what we have going <laughs> Starter on. Starter package. <laughs> then we get into Sunday. Sunday we have it: Devonte Smith, 
Jalen Hurts, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, and Chris Godwin. What? That's not bad. That's not bad. Then we get into Monday Night Football. We got a Kyler giveaway, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. And then we have a seven stakes that's running through the entire playoffs, the NFL awards one that we're going to talk about in a second. That one is a Jamar, Jamar Chase, Mac Jones, Cooper Cup signed helmet, and Trevon Diggs. So we got some fire stuff. Some fire stuff. Uh, we are giving away a Nick Chubb signed uh, jersey, I believe, uh, for if you enter a paid boost ball contest. And if you use the key phrase, were you going to kneel? We are going to give away a signed Austin Eckler Chargers helmet. There you go. So go ahead and DM us with that phrase. Man, That's all the, the giveaways. Of, the value of all those giveaways, man. Like I, I want, I want in on that action. Don't don't be surprised if you see me making some entries, man. <laughs> We're spending some cash. I love it. All right. So the NFL awards one. This starts. You have to get your picks in now. Right by Sunday, I think. But it runs through the end of the playoffs. All the lines are already set. NFL MVP. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, who's going to win? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. The odds in like BetMGM was like minus 650, so I was pretty yeah, sure that's going to happen. It's pretty, much, it's pretty much his to lose now. Um, yeah, it just it's, it, it came pretty close, but I think just the, the fact that they were able to get the bye pretty much did it pretty seamlessly. Aaron Rodgers had like one bad game all season. Yeah, he had a little bit of controversy, but it didn't take away from the fact that he was the best quarterback in the NFL this year. So, yeah, no surprise. So- I bet on Aaron Rodgers to win MVP at minus 160 and minus 180. And my wife had, you? just about had a heart attack when she realized how much money I had actually put on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't say it on air, but it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> all right. Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup plus 125, Jonathan Taylor plus 175, and then a bunch of quarterbacks. You think Cup's going to bring this one home or you think they're going to give it to the running back? It's It's got to be Cup to me because he got the triple crown for the receivers. Let him in receptions, touchdowns, and receiving yards. Doesn't happen very often, and he was so close to Calvin Johnson's record that, you know, it was just a monster year for him. And, and despite, you know, Jonathan Taylor also having a great year, I think you give the slight bump to the wide receivers because they almost never win this. They almost never, you know, get this kind of high regard. It's usually a running back or a quarterback. So uh, respect to Cooper Cup and what he did this season. Yeah, and unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, the Colts just fell off at the end and his all of his <laughs> case became irrelevant. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Carson Wentz is his quarterback, so he pretty much blew that for him. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt, uh, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, top three, Miles Garrett, Trevon Diggs, Robert Quinn also on here. But Watt, heavy favorite, Micah Parsons in second at plus 350. This is probably the toughest award to win because, like, you know, year in and year out, Aaron Donald always grades out by PFF as one of the best defensive players and you know oftentimes he's getting double teamed more than anybody so it's likely tj watt just because of the sacks and uh just had a really good season but i also the dark horse man michael parsons just unbelievable rookie season unbelievable I, year. I mean I'm, I'm so excited to see him i mean i'm not because he goes against the birds so many times uh throughout the season but I, i'm okay with it because like he's a he's a he looks like he could be one of those generational type linebackers if he can stay healthy man he's just the way he's so fast, his pursuit, he can play on the line, he can play coverage. He's definitely a dynamic. So pissed that he went to the Cowboys, but yeah, he's a beast. And that you guys traded them the pick, or they traded back. No, I, the I was talking, yeah. to, I was talking to some homies about that. I'm like, in retrospect, the one thing that the Eagles never do right is draft defensive players. And I can't remember the last time they drafted a good linebacker, but he would have been perfect. He went to Penn State, like, and he's a beast. But I'm also like, okay, well, at least I got the Alabama connection, Devontae Smith, and I'm hoping. Maybe the birds, Howie Roseman's really good at working the wire. 
hopefully he can he can bring Calvin Ridley to Philly, which would be uh, really interesting. Uh, there wide you receiver go. dynamic there with Hurts. I love it. All right, offensive rookie of the year. This is really down to a two man race: Jamar Chase and Mac Jones. Jamar, we got it plus hundred. Mac Jones at plus two twenty five. Who are you giving it to? Jamar sealed it in week seventeen, man. That 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 was it. That that was all Absolutely. I needed to see. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, I, I mean Mac Jones, it's, it's close, but uh, you know at least Mac he made it to the playoffs, but he was a game manager for much of the season. Then he kind of turned it up on a few games, but not enough. He didn't have the the excitement of a Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar finished. He led the AFC in receiving yards and touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah, come on, Ugh. absolutely. No brainer. That, that, I mean, looking back even further, that LSU team with Jefferson Chase and Joe Burrow is the most asinine collection of talent. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. So unfair. Uh, all right, defensive rookie of the year. This is obviously going to be Micah Parsons. Yeah. Patrick Sertain second at plus eight hundred. Parsons, look, guy who took off a year comes into the league automatically and is going to finish top three in NFL defensive player of the year. That is just crazy. Just crazy. Who would you um, compare him to? I I think the only one that ever compared that was this young and this good is like LT. And you hate saying anyone in that LT yeah. category, but no right. one's coming. Like he's the only rookie to ever win NFL defensive player of the year. Uh, Parsons probably not going to win, but he's worthy of the award. So yeah, that category, which is bananas. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Uh, two more. Coach of the year. Really, this is a three-man race. Looks like Zach Taylor plus 150, Mike Vrabel plus 175, and Matt LaFleur plus 200. Uh, personally, I'd give it to Vrabel given the fact that they didn't have Henry and they kept it together <laughs> and so ended up with the one seed. Zach Taylor, yeah, he did great, and LaFleur did great things, but I think that you never see coach of the year and MVP from the same team. Rodgers going to win, so LaFleur is probably out. Zach Taylor, I get it, but – I given what happened with the team, I got to give it to Vrabel. Yeah, to me, I, I was thinking about this, and you know, I, I feel like I got to lean Vrabel too, just because of what when you when they lost Derrick Henry, pretty much everyone wrote him off, and it was ugly for a, a very long period of time. And somehow they figured out ways to win to to beat out so many good teams in the AFC to earn that 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 top buy and the top seed in the AFC. No one saw that coming, and especially from this weak division. So. I think Vrabel was definitely the one that really outshined his peers. Now, Cincinnati, I think Zach Taylor's definitely second to that because I don't think anyone really saw the Bengals making this kind of an impact uh, this year, especially with Burrow coming off such a serious injury. But to win the AFC North, man, whew, that's that's that that was a very that was a very nice surprise too. So I give it those two are my uh, my my front runners for it for sure. All right, splitting kind of the vote with Zach Taylor, maybe Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year. It's our last question, seven yeah. stakes. This is really between Dak and, and Dak. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, Jack, I got it plus 125, Burrow at plus 200. For me, to be honest with you, I think that Burrow had a better year than Dak. If they're both coming off of very serious injuries. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that Dak's, just because it was like the ankle coming out of the, like, whatever, it was disgusting. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it was like, it was more of a moment that he got hurt. So maybe that gives him the edge, but like, I don't know. I think Burrow has been the better player this year. I agree. Um, I, th I think Burrow was the most consistent, more, the better, more consistent quarterback. He played more games and uh, we saw the biggest swing in their team's turnaround with, with the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was really off the strength of him. Joe Mixon had a good season, but you know, if Joe Burrow isn't, you know, making Jamar chase the offensive rookie of the year and getting T Higgins at a thousand yards, Tyler Boyd also had a quietly good season. So, yeah, I think Joe Burrow is the one that wins this award here. All right. 
Uh, that does it for that. Let's move on to Super Wild Card Weekend. Saturday, early game, 1.30 Pacific. Raiders, plus five and a half at the Bengals, who we were just talking about. Over, under is 49. This line has come down, started at seven. Uh, we have the bet percentages on Action Network. 40% of the bets and 77% of the money is on the Raiders. In terms of the over, 39% of the bets and 86% of the money is on the under. From my perspective, I have already bet the first half under. I got a 24 and a half like that. Uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, for my, my gut was telling me to go with the Raiders at plus six. And now that it's, it's sitting there right now, like I'm, I'm almost going to pull the trigger on it. The Raiders just have something. I know we were talking about how much we thought that the Chargers were going to make their statement, but that defensive line for the Raiders just wreaked absolute havoc. Um, oh yeah. On 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 and Justin Justin Herbert did a great job, but they were just so disruptive. And I can't help but but think that we don't know what Joe Burrow how serious that injury was in Week 17. He kind of limped off the field, didn't play in Week 18. So if there's any residual damage there, and there's a chance for the Raiders to get to the quarterback. I think that they could actually make this a competitive game. And for some how, some reason, this luck of the Raiders, they've made they've managed to stay in these games when they have no business doing it. So strength of Derek Carr a, a little bit. You know, Zay Jones is actually having some kind of resurgence. Imagine if Darren Waller actually gives it a go. You just have another weapon there with Hunter Renfro. And Josh Jacobs can run the ball. I, I mean, I, I think that they could at least keep this within a touchdown. So six points. Uh, I feel like I got to lead in the Raiders here, which looks like the sharp money is also going right now. Yeah, sharp money definitely on the Raiders and the under here. Uh, my perspective on this game is that very high variance. I could see the Bengals winning by 30. I could see them absolutely getting demolished. Uh, the Raiders, like you said, like Derek Carr's, I don't know, he's got some sort of genie in his back pocket right now. <laughs> Uh, he's been awesome. And Bengals, look, uh, both quarterbacks have not started a playoff game before, which you'll hear that stat a lot this week. Playoff mm -hmm. games, usually quarterbacks that haven't started, they usually don't perform great. Derek Carr, Derek Carr has been in the playoffs before, but like he didn't start because he was injured, but his team has. Uh, definitely just a more experienced quarterback, but Joey B doesn't seem like he's scared of shit. And he's played in every big game that you could possibly imagine, so I don't anticipate him playing badly. But... He is like one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. And if the Raiders do anything really well, like you just said, they rush the quarterback. So, yes, I would like to be on the Raiders plus five and a half, plus six. I don't feel great about it. I think that the NFL really scheduled, put kind of put them in schedule hell, to be honest with you. You're Sunday right, night, yeah. emotional, point. and then you get the first game of the playoffs and you have to travel. It's a horrible situation. If this was a regular season game, you and I both know that we would be all over the Bengals all in this situation, Bengals. just based yeah. on the travel. So, Great if I'm point. taking out the playoff part of this, I think that I'd lean towards the Bengals. But given the variance and the fact that the Raiders can really get to Burrow, I'll lean towards the five and a half. Uh, don't think it's going to be one of my best bets, but I do. I do like the under. Uh, I do think it's going to be kind of a slow game. Quarterback's not used to the situation. Uh, Pit boss Rich Basaccia, uh, not not really uh, familiar with the playoffs. Neither Zach Taylor. I think it'll take some time for them to uh, get used to the situation. All right, uh, second game on the board. Saturday night, we have the third meeting. Patriots plus four at the Bills over under 44. We're not going to get the win this time. It's not going to be as bad, but we're going to be in freezing temps with a little bit of snow. Uh, dicey for the Bills who want to play at the fastest pace possible. The Bills, given this offense, really need to move to like a dome stadium. They should go play in Toronto as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback. 
this the, it's just they're not built to play in this sort of weather. Yeah. Uh, that being said, we know that they're the better team. The Patriots won on a fluky game weather situation the first time. The Bills absolutely took care of business at Foxborough. They're the better team, but can they get it done in the playoffs versus the best playoff coach in the history of football? I don't know. Uh, I like the Bills to win. I kind of like it on the money line at 200. But if gun to head, I'm taking the Patriots plus four in this situation. I'm I'm sticking with you, man. I, I would like it. I would maybe put the the Bills in a round robin piece, perhaps. But at this point, I've I don't know that we can't discount the fact that it's Bill Belichick here with these weather conditions this way. I think you're right. The the weather is certainly going to impact this the this the way that this game is played. And we know that the Belichick has a history of taking away the opposing team's best player. So if Stefan Diggs is neutralized, does that mean that Devin Singletary is going to be relied upon to rush for 89, 90 yards and, and hold this game in, in check? I think that's asking a lot. And, and just Josh Allen's going to have to use his wheels. He does get Emmanuel Sanders back, which should help um, in terms of their, their assets on, on offense. But I, I got to expect that Bill Belichick's going to mastermind some kind of strategy around Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson making Mac Jones throw the ball a little bit more test them and actually uh, be a surprise here so at four points I, I like this number for the New England Patriots but uh, I'm not I'm still wondering I'm curious to see how this is going to shake out I'm, I'm going to read more reports but I got to feel like this is this is the type of scenario where you want to back someone that's got the history of Bill Belichick to me yep the big Bill Belichick part is huge in here but we do have to mention that Mac Jones, rookie quarterback. This is going to be a – he's not used to it. He's, he's not. Championship last year, but this is a different beast on the road. Uh, I kind of like the under 44 in this game. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. I think that Bill will do his job defensively, slowing down Josh Allen and company. But I do not the Patriots to put up a ton of points in this game. This might be yeah. a very slow, methodical attack. Mac has not looked good the past three weeks. Uh, definitely an issue for them. So give me the under 44. Uh, definitely leaning that way right now. I, I like the under here. I mean, just based off of this game, potential game script and the weather impacts, like this, this screams an under. All right, let's move over to Sunday morning. The birds let you have the floor here. Eagles plus eight and a half at the Buccaneers. Total right now is sitting at 46. I will mention that I put a uh, first half under 23 and a half on this game. Like that number a lot. I think it'll be slow to start off with. Otherwise, I'm not really sure. The over... Came down from 49 and a half to 46. Uh, worth mentioning, I guess. Kind of interesting. I, I love off the bat at eight and a half. Bucks is a teaser piece. Absolutely. That I'm gonna Bucks, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but I think 49ers from three to nine. That is a absolute money teaser piece for this week. But otherwise, I'm not really super confident either way here. Yeah, eight and a half points to me has me stumped here because I, I could see a scenario where Tampa Bay wins by 10 points. But I could also see a scenario where I love the first half underplay because I think that the Eagles might deploy. Hey, let's try to keep Tom Brady off the field. Sit on, sit on the ball, baby. Park the bus. Sit on the ball. Absolutely. And then what's the second half when that draws out pretty slow? Then you you get Jalen Hurts a little bit more into the passing game because I don't think that you can rely on the run the entire game and not expect tom brady to eventually get the ball and, and do something you have to put points on the board and then you're going to get behind and you don't want to do that so 
I think they're going to have to come out aggressive in the second half. And I, I think that's where we'll see Jalen Hurts kind of start slinging it a little bit more because that's where you beat Tampa Bay. You beat them in their secondary. Their run defense is elite, but we know that the Eagles have had a lot of a lot of success over the second half of the season running the ball. But I think that there's going to have to be some kind of a coaching element change here midway that's going to give them the uh, the edge. But eight and a half right now, I haven't felt comfortable laying it just because I feel like it's, this is just a Tom Brady 10-point win somehow, some way. I can't I can't shake that idea. I would like to see more about the Buccaneers injuries and I guess also Miles Sanders, too. Does it look like he's going to come back? I'm not 100 percent sure about that yet. Yeah, he still looks pretty questionable to me. I, I was expecting this to be a uh, Boston, a uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I think Jordan Howard might be probably more likely at this point, but uh, definitely some Boston Scott in there. I do think Gronk is probably the wild card in this game because the Eagles are horrible against guarding an opposing tight end. So. I think he's going to be heavily targeted. We saw him get his incentive last week. He made it really easy to get seven receptions for like, what, 135 yards. So Gronk still has it. So I think that that's going to be the weakness for, for the Eagles. On the other side of the ball, I could also see Dallas Goddard potentially having a really good day. Jalen Hurts has been in several different pressers talking about how uh, different coverages Goddard's been open. And he's just been missing them. I think this is the time where he's had a week off. Hopefully they've been practicing and, you know, they have a game plan ready to go because um, he's, he's going to be really needed in the, in the passing game here. All right, let's move over to San Francisco plus three at Dallas. Total is currently sitting at 50 and a half. Money, 55% of the bets, 78% of the money is on the 49ers. No shock here. 49ers, elite comeback, down 17 nothing at the Rams. Epic. Able to squeeze it out in overtime. Helped me out a lot. Uh, 49ers are rolling hot. Everybody's healthy. When this team is healthy, they are absolutely dangerous. The whole key for them. Will Trent Williams be back? He's got this injured elbow. Kyle Shanahan was non-committal, saying if he, he would play or not. Dallas also looks like they're pretty healthy. Love the over in this game, 50 and a half. I want to get it before it hits 51. Like San Francisco plus three, I'm very tempted. I probably will play it on the money line just because I think this is the most likely upset of the week. But definitely plus three to plus nine as a teaser with Tampa Bay. That is probably going to end up being my biggest bet of the week. I love it as a teaser piece. Um, there's probably a, a few games that you could pair this with, but I, I do like including it in here. I've already bet this at plus three. I see some books have it at three and a half. Um, three and a half is obviously better, but um, I, I still like it at, at three. And uh, the, the 49ers, to me, they're just a better team right now. Dak has been feasting on really bad defenses. You know, I don't put any stock in that five TD performance against the Eagles second, you know, JV squad or practice unit, whatever you want to call them. And uh, they're going to have trouble running the ball here. They got to find Ezekiel Elliott some running room. If they don't, I think this team's going to be in trouble. Um, and so the, the the Niners are just hitting their stride at the right time. Jimmy G didn't play that great, but then he really turned it up when he needed to. And I, I think we've seen how dynamic Debo Samuel really is. I think he's going to be utilized all over the field here. You got the, the established run game with Elijah Mitchell. This team is dangerous. And you're right. If Trent Williams is in there, that only gives me more confidence in the San Francisco 49ers. But – Either they're going to go into Dallas, come out with the victory. I might sprinkle something on the money line here, but I really like them at plus three. I think the key in this game for me, for San Francisco winning, is Trevon Diggs is going to go after the ball. This is what he does. He gives up the most yards in the NFL to wide receivers, but he also had 11 picks this season. If he's, able to come, if he's able to come down with one of these, or maybe two of them, the 49ers are screwed. However, yeah. if they beat him on the double moves, Fake him out a little bit. We're talking 67-yard touchdowns for Ayuk and Samuel. 
that is a big-time issue. And if Dallas gets in the hole, I understand that the San Francisco 49ers don't have the best cornerbacks in the league, but their pass rush will get home at some right. points during this game. Dallas does not want to play from behind. They want to get out to a lead. So I would say whoever gets out to a lead in this game is going to end up winning. I don't think there's a comeback coming in this one. Yeah, and then don't even sleep on uh, Jawan Jennings, who was like low-key the player awesome. of the game. Man. He might have won me like a bunch of money. Dude, he won a lot of people a bunch of money, man. And I think he's like the sleeper guy that you might, you know, Trayvon Diggs gets all the hype, but it's those second and third quarterbacks. Like Anthony Brown, he can be beat. Um, there's quite a few other quarterbacks on this team, this secondary that can certainly uh, fall asleep here. So I, I would, I think that the, the uh, Niners can definitely take advantage here of the uh, the Dallas Cowboys being a little bit overrated after a big win over uh, uh, the D squad of the Philadelphia Eagles. Brown lost a game by himself on Thanksgiving. That's all I needed to know about him. Like the, the Raiders threw for like 450 yards <laughs> right, against them. So right. I'm pretty sure that Jimmy G and Kyle Shannon will be like, oh, okay, we're going to throw out this guy. Screw Diggs. Uh, all right, let's move over. Sunday night football. This is the saddest game of the day. This should be the Chargers. <laughs> this should be the Chargers against the Chiefs. Uh, Pittsburgh plus 12 and a half at Kansas City over under 46. This total has also come down a little bit on the board, opened at 48. Uh, 34% of the bets, 71% of the money on the under here. Looks like the Sharps are moving this a little bit towards the Steelers. Open at 13 and a half, now 12 and a half. 13, not a super key number, but worth mentioning. Um, look, I, I I think like everyone else, the Kansas City is going to beat the hell out of them. But Ben Roethlisberger's comments were interesting. Like, we know that of 14 teams in the NFL right now that are left, we're the 14th best. We stink. We have nothing to lose. This is my last game in the NFL, probably. I'm going to let it fly. And you know what? They have a lot of experience in the playoffs. It's kind of a scary position to be in. That being said, I mean, yeah, I'm going to still bet on the Chiefs, but would I be surprised if the Steelers come out in the first half and are winning at halftime? No, because the Steelers are stupid, and this is just what happens. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to bet Chiefs minus 12 and a half, and then like a Pittsburgh money line first half, just because, just why not? <laughs> I love the hedge. Yeah, I this one's the one that's that's giving me the gross vibes, and it's really because Ben Roethlisberger, as you said it, man, this is his final, this is his last hurrah. You got to figure he's going to play somewhat up to the competition. I mean, he's awful. He's got awful. He's going up against one of the best, the hottest defenses in the game right now. So it's either going to be, can they somehow figure out how to get Najee Harris the ball similar to the Eagles. I think they're facing a similar, you know, a similar situation where it's like, you got to control the clock, keep the other guy off the field. Maybe you can maintain some kind of co competition in the first half. And then second half, you make your adjustments, but we know Andy Reid is not the king of adjustments and his clock management has always come into play in crucial yep. situations. I'll never forget that as an Eagles fan. So I think that there's actually a way, like I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Tomlin, figures out some way to control this game. And the Steelers defense has been okay. And if you can get a pass rush on Pat Mahomes, you know, make it uncomfortable. Tyreek Hill is not hundred percent. That certainly matters. But um, yeah, I haven't, I, I don't have a lean yet. I feel like it's the obvious answer is yeah. Kansas city 12 and a half. But part of me is just like, this just seems like one of those Tomlin underdog spots yet again, where he just surprises and gives you a backdoor cover on some bullshit. Yeah I, 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 yeah, I can't call it. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm so scared of Pittsburgh. I know that I'm going to get screwed up. <laughs> They're so bad. They're so bad. But that's, that, that's why this, this is like the grossest territory that we need to do. This is like we're entering the Jags money line territory of last week, right? 
This is the Houston yeah. Texans versus the Titans type situations here. It, it just uh, makes sense. It's too much sense, but I just don't. I can't do it. I can't pull the. I can't pull the trigger yet. The prop that I'm going to end up playing because we're talking about the Steelers potentially sitting on the ball, not giving it to Mahomes. There's only so many times that you can run Najee and Benny Snell, who stinks. Yo, he's Chase, so bad. <laughs> he's so bad. Chase Claypool over rushing yards. I feel like all of those jet sweeps are happening all day long. He's going to get about four or five of those. And <laughs> look, if his rushing yards, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but it's probably like five and a half, six and a half, something like that. Way over. That is a smash spot for me. Yeah, they're going to have to get creative with this offense because we know Ben can't really throw the ball downfield. Um, his A dot is atrocious. So you got to expect, I don't know, but maybe this, I don't know. See, this is the type of situations. Pittsburgh wasn't supposed to make the playoffs here. Fucking so maybe, Pittsburgh. Maybe Ben is just harnessing this thing. He's like, yo, man, I'm just, yo, give me the shot. Give me the shot. And he's just going to come out and just start throwing that thing. I don't know. Oh I, I, weirder things have happened in the playoffs, man. Chiefs we'll are going to win by 30. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go to Monday Night Football. Third matchup of the year between the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams uh, in L.A. Cardinals plus three and a half. Total is at 49. Uh, the over is seeing 67% of the bets, 88% of the money. But this has actually come down a point, which is interesting. Line open at Cardinals plus four and a half. It is now plus three and a half minus 105. This might see a three. I initially liked the Cardinals at four and a half, four. I actually bet this at four. If this gets down to three. Uh, I'm kind of looking maybe towards the Rams Cardinals as a teaser piece are probably okay. I just, I, I hate Cliff Kingsbury so much. We see late in the season. You just can't trust them. They got, they basically have one decent win in the last like six games, the win against right. Dallas, which was kind of funky and weird. The Rams not playing much better. Stafford's throwing it. I mean, Stafford, yes. Interception is like the easiest bet in the world right now. Um, I anticipate seeing some scoring in this game. I anticipate Cooper cup having a great game. No shock there. Don't necessarily know where I'm leaning right now. If it gets to three, I'll definitely bet the Rams, but I'm kind of lost on it. This is like, do I fade Stafford or Cliff? Mm, I don't know what I want to do. You you said it best. That's literally what I was going to say. I, I haven't, that's what I'm mulling over right now. It's like Cliff doesn't make sense. Why would I back him in the playoffs? Stafford, I was saying it last week. I don't trust him in the clutch and look what happens, you know? So at this point, I think the numbers are right. I would take the Cardinals at four and a half. I don't know that I want to take them at three. So if it if it does get down to three for the Rams, I think I might have to buy in on the other position there. So that's that's the the, the trade is gonna. I feel like I want to be on both sides here, but it's got to be the right number. Um, so maybe I don't know. Maybe tease up the the Cardinals a little bit there. Give yourself a little bit of edge. This probably won't be a blowout. But then again, I just can't trust either side of this. You know what I mean? So. This this one's that this one, I'm gonna take a couple of days to think about this one, but um, oof, yeah, I, my gut tells me I want to trust the Rams over Kingsbury, but I don't feel good about it. That's it kind of where I it's kind of where I am too, and I'm kind of going to like maybe like the the NBA gambling ism in my brain, which is stars win. You always bet yeah. on the stars, and yeah. the Rams got a lot more stars. They got they got than a lot the Arizona of Cardinals. Do we we finally saw what they paid for in Von Miller at the end of that game, and that's those are the types of things that you need in playoffs. It was like someone just needs to make a play. I trust that the Rams have way more playmakers to do something than relying on like a Christian Kirk bomb or something like that, right? Or Zach yeah. Ertz across the middle. Nah, not it. Let me just let me say one thing to Sean McVay: Stop running the fucking ball on first down. Go throw the ball a little bit. It's going to help your offense. You 
I thought you were smart. You're supposed to be the smartest person in the NFL. Everyone's told me so. Stop running the ball. He's been, he's been getting bailed out quite a bit, but yeah, I, if I had to put up Sean McVay versus Clint Kingsbury, well, that's not close. That's not, close. it's not, it's not close. So uh, let's, let's go with the smart man. Let's, let's go with the, I like, I like that the Rams are at home. They have another shot to do this, to do this right after losing a tough one against San Francisco. So my lean is the Rams, but I don't love it. And well, McVay's had some success in the playoffs. They won a playoff yeah. game last year with Jared they Goff did. with four fingers on his right hand. Oh, and he went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Right. And yeah. Kyler, Kyler's never seen the playoffs before. Nope. Cliff's never seen the playoffs before. Now I'm talking to myself for the Rams. I hate myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about all the games on Friday. Give our official best bets. Probably on every game. We'll do one or two. Um, yeah. Before we head out of here, I want to talk a little bit about the coaches that got fired. Some of the interesting movement there. Uh, right now we have Vikings are open. Denver's open. Miami's open. Giants. Joe Judge. See you later, buddy. He's out. Uh, Chicago's open. Jacksonville's open. Raiders may be open, although I think that Basachi is going to end up getting this job based on the fact that they made the playoffs. Maybe he might be playing for a head coaching job this week. I don't know. So let's leave them out for now. Uh, obviously, the most shocking hire or firing. We'll talk about Brian Flores. What was your uh, read on that situation? My read is that they must have other plans in mind that they've already negotiated behind the scenes to up and fire a guy that got you into the playoffs last year and had you on the brink of it this year played with essentially no like amazing talent, right? Like they didn't even, he didn't even want to as his quarterback. He was still forced to play him, and it still was successful. He made this defense way better. And at this point, you know, they even drafted well, like maybe that's a GM, but it's also a head coach decision. Jalen Wilde was a great pickup for them because they're not getting what they need out of Devonte Parker. This team exceeded expectations. They were not supposed to be anywhere near close playoff playoff contention so to fire him was just very perplexing but in these situations when people aren't respected for the work in their craft i say good riddance go find the next opportunity that's probably gonna be way more flourishing for him so i think they made the, the right decision if they didn't back him okay i'm gonna take my paper my, my walking papers and go go hire with somebody else and go beat your ass for the for the every time i see you after that so i, I yeah, like the motivation I, for brian flores he's a good he's a good coach i i think that I mean, if he gets his offensive coordinator, like having four and three years is really weird. There's definitely some yeah. issues going on there. And he lost a power struggle in Miami. It's okay. It happens. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he'll find a job, one of the six that are open right now. I don't think that he would take something like Jacksonville. Um, it doesn't really make sense for him no, to do that. It's I think, almost like another rebuild for him. Like I, I don't think he wants to do that. I could <laughs> Minnesota or Denver makes a lot of sense for him. Denver, they probably wanted away from the defensive minded head coach. But if you right. get him a solid OC and just let the OC go do his thing, give the OC a big deal. That's someone that you're like, okay, you're the guy. You're going to be here. You don't need to try and take a head coaching job. Uh, I think that would be a great situation. Minnesota also would make a lot of sense. The problem with those two teams, again, like they just came off of defensive head coaches, which are great CEO right. types. But if you want to change it up, usually they zigzag, right? You have an offensive guy, defense. So, uh, I'm not sure. I assume that Brian Dayball is going to get interviewed for all these jobs and potentially get one of the jobs. Um, yeah. But I would love to see Flores in Denver with a great uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, I wonder if Eric Bieniemy is going to be 
revisited yeah. as a potential head coach candidate. I would, I think him and Brian Flores would be amazing together, but I don't know that Brian Flores wants to be uh, relegated back to a defensive coordinator position, even though he'd be great at it. Um, some people are just, I don't know. I feel like if you want to have the winning formula, you, you put the, the team around you to do it. And I think it's, it's about time. The enemy kind of got that because Flores is relatively young, right? The enemy has been around forever and he still hasn't got a shot. So yeah, I'm curious to see what, what pairings uh, kind of come up here, but you mentioned Joe judge. And I was I'll send up some homies, uh, some some New York Giants fans that I have that I have, and uh, it was funny because initially, as all these firings were were, were coming to uh, the public, Joe Judge was like the one that still eluded the the, yep. the, the inevitable, and it didn't make any freaking sense because like I didn't realize how bad he was. But then I went to the went to the uh, Twitter machine and figured out, man, this guy is god awful since 2020 since becoming the head coach. The Giants are like dead last in every offensive category that there is and for this guy to be hanging on for his job for as long as he did how does he outlast matt Nagy, who was awful how does he outlast mike zimmer who was awful he was by far the worst so thankfully giants fans you got your wish gettleman's out of there retired i, I can't believe he actually got he's one of those those old vps it's like oh let's, we're not we're not gonna fire you we're, we'll give you yeah. your uh your golden parachute um but joe judge thank god he got fired because he, he was god awful and mike zimmer we were we were talking about him well before in the middle of the season. Oh, yeah, you're, the, you're the Zimmer guy. Knew, knew that was coming. I just wish they did it in season because it would have made my take look a lot better, but it happened. So I feel somewhat somewhat, somewhat validated for that. And then uh, Matt Nagy, got awful. He should have been fired a year ago too. Too many bad decisions. Starred Andy Dalton in the beginning. Tried to make it seem like that was actually a real thing. It wasn't. Doesn't do anything on offense. Allen Robinson, god damn. That was just like a fall from grace. Just terrible horrendous darno mooney came out of on top though so shouts to him but otherwise yeah the bears definitely a disappointment so all these fireries i'm not i'm not surprised by anybody except for brian flores all right why don't we do this on the way out let's power rank the uh the available jobs so no raiders but minnesota denver miami Giants, chicago jacksonville uh i'd probably put minnesota and denver at the top Minnesota first, then Denver. But Denver, I feel like people have been talking to these rumors of Aaron Rodgers going to Denver since, you know, before last season. So if that happens, Denver easily top destination. Well, I think that's why it is. Like you have a, they're going to get sold. They're going to have a new owner, probably right. like Jeff Bezos. So good for them. Uh, <laughs> they have, right. they, they have a new GM, George Patton, who is well-respected, who's made some decent yeah. moves. Uh, they have some capital to go ahead and trade for a quarterback. If they get a quarterback, like everyone said, they have an elite roster already. Uh, I think that that's the position you want to be in. Minnesota, not as much, but and you got to make a decision on Kirk. But if Rodgers leaves the division, easily winnable. Um, yeah. I really like the, the Miami has a good base, but I don't know if I want to deal with Stephen Ross and Chris Greer and that kind of front office seems like a yeah, mess it definitely is a mess if you're getting if you're getting rid of flores but compared to the other situations uh it might be great giants is kind of dog trash you got a lot to deal with and the salary Dude, cap you is got, horrible that that's literally salary cap you're, you're you're you have no money and you have no offensive line i don't know how you get better in the next three or five years without you have two, two you have two top seven picks that helps Kinda. You probably got trade. You probably got trade what you have too. You probably got trade Saquon. I don't know what you're gonna do about Galladay. That's just you got to eat that. Yeah. At least yeah. at least uh, Kadarius looked like he might have been a good pick. But yeah, that's other, true. Couldn't really stay that, healthy, but yeah. 
Andrew Thomas coming into his own a little bit. Little I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to be positive here. It's not great for the Giants fan. I'm sorry, but at least you don't have to deal with Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. Yeah, so yeah. good for you guys. It's going to get better. The biggest hurdle has been uh, removed. Chicago, interesting. You got to if you're a head coach, you got to love Justin Fields, and if you do, and you can get the most out of him, uh, I think it can be successful relatively quickly there. Jacksonville, I mean, say what you will about Trevor Lawrence. It was a terrible season, but he also got put into the worst situation possible with nothing around him. He's and uh, against the Colts, he was great. He played he awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there are reasons to be optimistic in Jacksonville, but it's still the Jags, and the cons have proven to be they're great at a wrestling promotion, but ter- terrible NFL owners. So uh, yeah. maybe not the best situation there. Yeah, I feel like Jacksonville. At least they have a competent defense. They have some skilled players on that on their side on that side of the ball. So you know, assuming Travis Etienne can come back and actually play next season, they might actually have some weapons. I don't, I don't know how the hell Laquan Treadwell became relevant again, but somehow he made it work. So they actually have some. They have some assets there. I think that the Giants are probably in the worst position at any of these teams. Even Chicago has a competent defense. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves, you're you're right. That that division is wide open now. Who's to say that the Detroit Lions don't sneakily become like a, a dark horse to lead that division, man? Like the way that they played all season, man, they played good football uh, for, for several different times throughout the season and they don't they don't quit. So that would be a really interesting uh, scenario if, if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving there. Just like every team in the NFL, you are a quarterback away from being awesome. So if you get that right, a lot else falls into place, covers up sure. a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yep. We shall see on all those. And we'll talk about all these. Maybe we'll get some odds on some of these and talk about them on. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to a free agency, show. man. We're, we'll definitely throw some uh, some nice some nice uh, props in there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we will be back on Friday with our Super Wildcard Weekend. Best bets. Dan, until then, uh, good luck placing some bets. And uh, let's go yes, ahead sure. and make some more money, baby. Let's keep it see going. All right. Bye.